0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com It's a
1: thumbs down, man. Like are we that like soft that a thumbs
0: down is triggering you? Like it's it's not a middle finger. Lady. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I just think it's just what a what a what a waste of energy. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Yahoo Sports NFL reporter Charles Robinson, Patriots reporter for The Athletic, Jeff Howe, plus actor and 12-year NFL veteran Thomas Q. Jones. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, what's not going on in the NFL? <laughs> My gosh, what a way to to, uh, to start our Tuesday here on the Rich Eisen right. Show at noon Eastern time uh, in New England. It is uh, 11 a.m. Central time in New Orleans and also in Dallas, where news is breaking out of both of those spots involving one team Um and and you know, obviously, all eyes in Houston to see if Deshaun Watson is going to be making a 53-man roster for the Texans. As cuts are happening all over the place, and uh, I say good morning here in the Pacific Coast to Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo. Hey, good Rich morning, guys. How are you doing? Uh, I say thumbs up to T.J. Jefferson, whose Mets are back out on the field today for not one but two opportunities bang, for bang. City Field fans to let them know what they think. Hey. So that's going to be going down. Game one of the Mets-Marlins double dip in our second hour of the program. Let's go Mets. In which we have called in Omaha. We were going to have our uh, daily check and preview of an NFL division, uh, which we're attempting to do all the way through to kickoff next week. Yesterday, we previewed and predicted who was going to win the NFC East. Yesterday... We're omaha and we're going to do the AFC East today because of the news that happened out of New England. Yeah, That's all coming up on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on this very busy Tuesday. Now then, the question of who's going to be the starting quarterback in New England. Wondering if Bill Belichick would take this all the way up to kickoff week certainly all the way to the end of kickoff week, why let Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins know who to prepare for, who to start Uh, for New England, who to prepare for, who New England was going to start. It's a better way to phrase it. And uh, we didn't see this one coming. We thought maybe some announcement as to who was going to start would happen, or if it didn't, the question would be, would you take it all the way up to Friday, Saturday? Didn't see cutting Cam Newton coming. But that happened today, everybody. That happened today. Cam Newton will not be on the 53-man roster for the New England Patriots. He won't even be on the team. Patriots released him. So, mm. it'll be Brian Hoyer backing up Mac Jones, the first rookie quarterback for the Patriots to start week one since Bill Parcells did it with first overall pick Drew Bledsoe. Before that, it only happened one time, right? It was Jim Plunkett. Yeah, Jim Plunkett back in the 60s. And now here comes Mac Jones. He's going to start. Okay. Before we get into that, this was Bill Belichick this morning before the news, about an hour plus before the news hit that Cam Newton was being cut. This was being discussed all over the Twitterverse because of the way Belichick led on nothing like this was in the offing.
1: Uh, again, last year was you know, totally different, so I feel like everybody's way ahead of where they were last year. Um, certainly he started at a much higher point than what he did last year. So
2: you know, definitely moving in the right direction.
0: Cam Newton moving in the right direction and of course everybody thinks that means Bill was being coy that the right direction was out the door and <laughs> um wow. and I don't believe that for a second this if my sniffer to use sniffer. the phrase that Tom E Curran oh, used me. yesterday when he said that his sniffer based on what he saw out of training camp practices and team scrimmages, and preseason games. His sniffer was saying that Mac Jones was going to be the starter for week one. Everything that Tom Curran said on this program yesterday, go check it out on our Twitter feed at Rich Eisen Show or our YouTube feed, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. He was spot on to tell you that it was going to be Mac Jones starting for the Patriots in week one. This, my sniffer, tells me that Bill was telling Cam He was going to be backing up Mac. Mm -hmm. And Cam asked for his release. That's what what this sounds like to me. That everything that he had put in, everything that he had done there, he wasn't going to sit there and be a clipboard holder to a a rookie. And that's, I don't have a problem with that sort of thing. If he thinks he can go somewhere else and get a chance to start, that's a better thing for him. If he's going to be a backup, you want to have a chance to start. Mac Jones is going to be in the only way that Mac Jones is not going to be in there is if he gets, heaven forbid, hurt. Because the reason why the Patriots are doing this is what I said yesterday. The only reason in my belief that you do not start a rookie quarterback in the NFL is, well, the obvious is that if he can't get the play call out (laughs) and if he doesn't grasp the offensive scheme. But you already saw out of Mac Jones, he totally can do that and can grasp it. Guy is, you know... (laughs) Coming from Alabama here, national champion quarterback, for crying out loud. So, place that aside. The only way you you don't start your highly drafted rookie quarterback in, in his first year is if you don't feel he can protect himself and you don't feel that the line and the run game can protect him. That doesn't appear to be the case at all in New England. The run game is so deep, they sent Sony Michelle to Los Angeles. The offensive line appears to be just fine. And in terms of Mac Jones, he does appear to be able to read defenses enough that he's not a sitting duck because he doesn't know how to move protection around and protect himself. Because he's certainly not going to use his legs. That's not what he's there for. So Mac's can start. And he's going to be in there and taking his lumps. And boy, howdy, is New England throwing him in the deep end of the pool. You take a look at the Patriots schedule. And Mac Jones starting just makes it that much more delicious. It's the Alabama Bowl to start. Mac versus Tua in the AFC East. That's going to be twice a year, as long as Tua is still there. Put a pin in that. Then Mac versus Zach. Every single year, twice a year, Jets took Zach, left Mac on the board for New England. Talk about a rivalry getting a whole new set of legs. Mac versus Zach. Mac at Zach. Later on, it'll be Zach at Mac. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. But that's your AFC East Jets-Patriots rivalry for a long time to come. Then it's Mack versus Jameis. And we'll talk about the Saints and how they're starting the season shortly. And then the motherlode, the ever-loving motherlode, Sunday night football, Brady returning to New England versus Mack. That's the first four for New England. And it's a very deep end of the pool. That Miami defense is no joke. Robert Sala you know is going to have his defense ready for that. You know New Orleans is a team that is a defensive, strong, defensive-minded team dressed in offensive clothing. You know that's New Orleans' strength. And then, of course, Tampa. Oh, my gosh. Brady coming in and Mac Jones being your starting quarterback. And fascinating fascinating on another level as well. My buddy Daniel Jeremiah who's on yesterday's show as well, tweeting out the fact that it's going to be amazing watching the Patriots sticking with a traditional dropback quarterback in a system get the ball out real fast. And new San Francisco drafting somebody at the next level new millennium run pass threat quarterback who as we all just saw the Patriots parted ways with the iconic and entertaining Cam Newton back in 2011 basically started that whole process in earnest. So that's all happening right now. Where does Cam go? Where does Cam go? I've got a couple thoughts on that. I'm going to put a pin in that and let you know maybe later on this hour, if not, We'll keep teasing it until I have the real estate because we've got Charles Robinson of Yahoo coming up. And of course, we'll ask Charles, the senior NFL reporter of Yahoo about this and also about the news coming out of New Orleans. Sean Payton announcing about a half an hour before coming on the air, we come on the air here. Sean Payton not only making it official that Jameis Winston is his starter, but also said that due to Hurricane Ida, New Orleans being completely without power and once again amazing that Hurricane Ida was on the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina on the same day hit on the same day in the calendar as Hurricane Katrina hit back in the aughts in the mid aughts that the Saints are planning to be out of the city of New Orleans for the entire month of September they're already practicing in the Dallas area. They're planning on being out of New Orleans. Can they maybe return and be in their facility in Metairie? I don't, nobody knows. They don't know. But if being out of New Orleans for the month of September, and of course we're placing aside the human crisis that's going there, and we do send our best to anybody who's there and anybody who knows anybody who's there, and clearly anybody who's there is not here in this anyway right now, I don't, I don't think. But we are still thinking of them. The Saints have one home game in September, and it's the opener against Green Bay. And the initial thought is that game could be played at at and Stadium, the Jones-Mahal in Dallas, because as we all know, Dallas is opening up the season a few days before on Thursday night in Tampa. So there, the, the facility is open, and that might be just the the easy fix. And it'll be Saints and... Green Bay at a so-called neutral site. And then they've got two road games at Carolina at New Orleans. The first home date that's outside of uh, apartment at New England, out the first home date that's outside of the month of September is Sunday October 3rd against the Giants and hopefully the Saints can return then because if they don't, if they cannot get the Superdome and the city cannot get this game in in the Superdome. Those on the Peacock feed can see this. I'll mention this to the radio audience. The Saints have a bye in week six. Wrapped around it is a road date to D.C. and a road date to Seattle. So if that home date on Sunday, October 3rd, cannot go off as planned against the Giants for New Orleans, the Saints' first home game of the year could be Halloween against the Bucks. Wow. Oh, wow. Either way, you're now starting the season at a neutral site, at Carolina, at New England. With Jameis Winston. At with Jameis Winston at quarterback, which I believe is going to work out for the Saints, whose defense might be having more short fields on occasion than they've been used to with Drew Brees as their quarterback. But that said, that's the way the Saints season is going to start. And to use the madman phrase, not good, Bob. Hmm. That's not what you're looking for. But if anybody's used to this, it's Sean Payton whose first season his coach there was right after Hurricane Katrina. You know. So he will be able to uh, rally his team around the concept of let's do this thing and let's do it for new Orleans and let's do it for the saints. And I, I root them on as they do it. But green Bay at saints being in Texas at the Jones Mahal really looks like that's going to be the case. What a way to start the season. And I sure hope that everybody in New Orleans is fine. And by October 3rd, you know, a month that they can get ready for the Giants and at least get that home game in before they're at D.C. By week at Seattle, then the Bucks come in. That's an awful first half of a season for the Saints and potentially season affecting. <laughs> so there's that. What did happen in New England? Again, I know a lot of people are saying Belichick said that Cam was moving in the right direction. He was moving in the right direction for the team, which was to be the backup quarterback for a guy who beat him out in a competition. And Cam, to his credit, posted on his Instagram feed. I really appreciate all the love and support during this time, but I must say, please don't feel sorry for me. Hashtag I'm good. One finger, one pinky, one thumb, meaning I love you. And maybe Cam and Bill hadn't spoke when Bill talked this morning. Bill's If Bill thought, and this is the way I'm I'm reading it, this is just total tea leaves. Bill thought, I'm going to talk to him. I'm making this decision. We're going to move on with Mac. Right. And that's after he says he's moving in the right direction, and then all of a sudden he's released. You know, Bill's not just being coy, like, I'll lay this little Easter egg out just to be funny with the media. He's moving in the right direction. He could have been totally just, you know, covering tracks. I doubt it. It just sounds like, to me, like Cam might have found out, thought, I'm not going to start here at all. This is an important part of my career. I don't want to hold a clipboard for anybody. I want to go to a spot where I might have a chance to start. I don't know where that... Cam's only 32 years old. And I don't know where that exists. I do not know where that exists. I know a spot where he could be truly needed if somebody gets hurt. And I know a spot where he has a chance to supplant a veteran starter. And again, that's later on in the show. Thomas Q. Jones will be on as well. Long time back in the NFL. Bears fans know him from their Super Bowl year with Sexy Rexy. Jets fans know him as well. So there's lots going on. We're going to preview the AFC East today. And with Mac Jones now the starting quarterback in New England, We may flash back to a Monday in May when I returned from the draft and talked about that maneuver, much to the dismay of the guy on the other side of the set not happy at the time that Mac Jones was getting the start, and T.J. Jefferson is smiling the Cheshire Cat (laughs) grin (laughs) because this was fully discussed before (laughs) our show, before I, as host, stopped the conversation, he just broke mid up the fight, fight. Mid fight, I came right in and stopped it. Don't break up the fight. Let them and rumble. I said this must be saved for the people. <laughs> and you are the people. I understand. At home, in a car, at work, wherever you may be, taking in this television and radio simulcast. We'll take a break. The man who broke the news over the weekend that the Dolphins and Texans were talking trade with Deshaun Watson. That's up for bids with Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, along with Cam being released, the Saints being on the road for the first month of the season, and more. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I asked this of every Alabama Crimson Tide player. Tua, I asked this of Tua. I asked this of Tua. What's the angriest you ever made, Nick Saban? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I don't know if I can think of a specific one. Let's see. I one. mean, yeah, like, the story, the Hill Mary story, I don't know if you've heard that one. Go for it. But my freshman year on scout team, yep. I was supposed to throw a Hill Mary because like, you're going through situations It's the end of the game. So the defense has everyone back on the goal line. And this guy, our wide receiver, Derek Keith, was a wide receiver, and I threw him a little quick screen. And then I ran. I ran behind him, and then he pitched it to me. And I technically scored and spiked the ball, um, and then Coach Saban yelled at me for like 10 minutes straight, <laughs> but that was probably the, the, the most I've ever seen him mad at me, but there, there's been other times, but I try to just calm him down,
0: now it is. <laughs> well, it's just, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's interesting, Tua said the same thing, he tried to calm Nick down, uh, your your coach down after, uh, he, he basically yeah. told him, you know, hey, after I took that sack, I did win the national championship with a throw, and he said he kind of got his your, – your, but but didn't you want to say at some point, like, hey, you know, you did score, right? Wasn't that the point of the plays to score, <laughs> right, man? Yeah,
2: I mean, at that point when I was scouting, I wasn't going to say anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of walked away and said, oh, my gosh, that was really embarrassing. But, you know, I do try and calm Chris Saban down during the games, and he does a good job of keeping me calm. So it's a mutual relationship.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, it's got to be – Amazing, right? I mean, that, uh, and, and yeah, but you're, you're again, I know you're, you're in the moment, and you're, but you, you can't even call him a legend, right? I mean, he's basically there's Belichick and there's him right now in the coaching community, and they're, they're from the same tree. The fact that you, that you're in his care, in his hands, and the, and the staff, and you know, that's got, it's got to, do you ever catch yourself at any point in time just to think about that in the moment at all or, or no? Yeah.
2: It's, it's definitely wild. Um, I mean, he's been doing that for a while. And even when I was in high school and younger. So, uh, like I said, just getting a chance to talk to him when I first met him. And then um, our relationship just kind of took off from there. But Rich Saban's definitely the greatest college coach of all time. And I'm just happy to be his quarterback this year. And I want to hopefully bring back another national championship for him.
0: That was Mac Jones. That was Mac Jones. Just before he was getting drafted right there. Now he's the New England Patriots starting quarterback. (laughs) Starts for Nick Saban, then starts for Bill Belichick. Not many people can say they've done that. I will say, Rich, that was a good
3: bit that that we did about asking guys the most upset they made Saban. Well, I mean, you don't
0: use the past tense. There's still more to come. No, I get it. Can't wait to get Najee Harris on the show before (laughs) she starts shining out for the Steelers. Eight four four two zero four. rich is the number to dial here on the program. So, what a weekend it was. Not just in my household, as my son was getting bar mitzvahed. not need uh, to hear about that. Oh, yeah. sure. At some point, I will tell you. But uh, you look down at your phone, you know, wondering about a caterer, this, that, the other thing. And then it's just like, uh, okay, Charles Robinson's reporting to <laughs> Sean Watson, maybe a dolphin. All right. All right today I am a man (laughs) and um so here we are on cut day and it looks like Deshaun Watson's going to be a Texan and as all of those moving parts are moving around and everything going on in New England it is now time to bring the man of the hour certainly from the weekend the senior NFL reporter of Yahoo Sports Charles Robinson here on the Rich Eisen show how are you doing Charles
1: Doing well. Mazel tov. Thank very, you, sir. Very uh, Thank you. <laughs> Very popular in Miami these days.
0: <laughs> uh, well, so um, wh- what's going on? Let's start with the present here, and you can, you know, whatever you want to uh, sprinkle in from what you heard over the weekend and leading up to that, uh, into what is going on with Deshaun Watson, the Dolphins, and Texans as we're currently conversing on this Tuesday.
1: Yeah, well, I look, I can tell you right now the, the – Houston Texans are, are going to have to relent on pick protections when it comes to Deshaun Watson. And, you know, the I, I understand Dolphins fans um, want to look at this situation and say, well, you know, look, we're going into the season with Tua, which is significant. And the Houston Texans are going to go into the season, you know, at, at least at this point, this is the plan to go into the season with Deshaun Watson on the 53-man roster. But the reality is, why we're sitting here talking about that is simply because the Houston Texans are refusing to look at an exchange of, of draft picks for Deshaun Watson and, and give protections away. And it's something that caused, I think, the Carolina Panthers over a period of time to say there's, there's too much risk there, and if we cannot mitigate the risk, we have to clap our hands and, and walk away from the table. Um, I think it kept uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at an, at an arm's length for a while and, and really kept them from engaging more deeply into a Deshaun Watson pursuit than they ever did, and also for the Denver Broncos, who I, you know, I think genuinely were and you know, would probably still be interested in Deshaun Watson if the Houston Texans were willing to say, look, we don't have to have everything. We don't have to have our price, and then on top of it, also have pick protections as well. Now, you know, the Dolphins and, and I'm gonna just look, I'll just say it, Brian Flores. Brian Flores really respects the football talent and I'm gonna say again the football talent of, of Deshaun Watson. Okay, we can you have to separate um you know, for a moment when you're talking about potential deal, you have to separate how he's viewed from a football perspective, you know, versus how he's viewed in terms of the, the civil litigation and the criminal investigations that are underway. From a football perspective, Brian Flores looks at Deshaun Watson as a, a top five quarterback, a, um, a player who will push to be, you know, a, a first or second team All Pro player every single year at the position for the next 10 years. Everything that he was cracked up to be that everyone celebrated prior to March, prior to everything coming out from the civil and, and criminal end of, of, you know, his life right now. Um, but that said, there is the other half of the equation, and that is um, the reticence that teams experience even if they like him, even if they're still at the table, willing to entertain trading for him. um, It's being protected for what happens after that trade occurs. And if the Texans are going to sit here, which is what is occurring right now, the Texans are going to sit here and continue to say, we're not, we're not giving up pick protections and we're, we're going to continue to push for this full price, which once again, three first round picks, two second round picks, that is what they consider a full price offer. Um, it's going to be hard to, to consummate a deal. But the idea that just because the season's starting, that this is wrapped, it's a wrap, and, and Miami's out for good. Again, Brian Flores had the opportunity, and I can't underscore this enough. Very smart guy. My report came out on Friday. He had a whole day to think about it, knowing the questions were coming, had the opportunity to go, We have our starting quarterback, not going to take these questions anymore. We're done. Um, we're moving forward. We, we we're not trading for any starting quarterbacks. So let's just get off this and and that's it. We're finished. Didn't happen. And I know you know people are going to say that's not proof of anything. But I've covered the league 20 years, Rich. You've been around it forever. I mean, we've we've seen this happen before. And there is an economy of language that that matters. And coaches and Flores is a very bright guy. Could end this any moment he wants to.
0: Well, let's that you just laid a lot out there, Charles. So let me let me just get right into it then. Um, totally makes sense that the Texans want Watson gone, totally makes sense that Watson still wants out, totally makes sense that Watson wants to control where he wants to go, totally makes sense that the Texans are like, Yeah, we're not going to give you any protection, this is Deshaun Watson, and totally makes sense that the dolphins would want protection because of what's going on and what they don't know. And let's be honest, there's, I'll say it a lot in South Florida where individuals could be called massage therapists. I mean, so there's, there's a lot of risk and moving parts in everything right here, but on what planet does everybody think this sort of thing is going to be pulled off where everybody gets what they want? a week and a half before the season, why even attempt it? Why even attempt it from, let's remove the Texans' side because they want them off. Right. Why would the Dolphins even attempt it? Why would they even attempt it, Charles?
1: I I'm, I can't sit here and defend the, the thought process of um, why. Look, I, I've written in the past, I've written multiple times since March that Essentially, we're in a radioactive situation with a player where from a risk standpoint, from a public relations standpoint, from if you even want to go there and, you know, look again, innocent until proven, proven guilty is being looked at by everyone right now. Okay, so it's not like it's just one body and, you know, um, this is a situation where someone could do a sloppy investigation and and nothing happens. Um, This is. The FBI, this is the Harris County Prosecutor's Office, Houston Police Department, the NFL, which will eventually conclude their investigation after uh, the criminal side wraps up. Um, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a morality risk here, too, depending on how you feel about the allegations and, you know, what your level of belief is and, and you know, what bears out um, once all these investigations are completed. I can't answer to why you would want to even entertain that element of risk. Now, that said... Um, I can't speak to the personal relationship maybe in the past or, you know, the connections between, you know, Brian Flores and people around um, Deshaun Watson, what he knows about the kid personally. Um, I When I went through my training camp tour, went through Philadelphia, went through Carolina, went through Denver, you know, um, a multitude of other teams. They all know I live in Houston. They all ask about Deshaun Watson, like what's going on there. And the first question I'd ask them is, did, did any you have an inkling of this? Like when she's coming out of Clemson, you do no all way. your work, like anything? No
0: nothing. 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 I've heard th- – It's said. why it's so surprising, you know, um, Charles. It's so surprising to everybody that this has happened. But I guess the reason why I'm saying even attempt it, knowing that, you know, I, I guess you might get Nick Casario on uh, on a day where maybe you didn't get any rest the night before. And, yeah, I'll, I'll give you Deshaun Watson, and he'll wind up a three. You know, after a six-game suspension, you know, and then you get him for the next eight years, you know, or yeah, I'll, it just makes no sense on every level. And the reason why I'm asking you on this case is, Charles Robinson, Yahoo Sports. Here, do they not like Tua? And I, I, I no, it's nothing to do with Tua. That has nothing to do with it. It's right. Deshaun Watson, but it's not Deshaun Watson. It's Deshaun Watson and all of that baggage. And all of the question marks that come around I mean, All things being equal, there's there's no conversation. Of course, you go get Deshaun. But all things being equal, Deshaun Watson wasn't going to be available. You know, uh, under yeah. these circums under the circumstances of January through March. Once March hit and everything that came out, so what do you hear about Tua? Because I didn't even hear that Tua would be going back to Houston in a trade. No, you
1: would. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. From my from my discussions with my sources in Houston too would not be included wow. in part, in part of that deal that, that, they, you know, they weren't interested in two, they weren't interested in Jalen hurts, you know, when, you know, those you know Sam Darnold, all these different things. So, um, wow. you know, I can't, I can't speak to, you know, what specifically, you know, the, the evaluation is internally in, in Miami on two, although, I can say that there's no question in the minds of the decision-makers in Miami. He's taken the steps that they expect, you know, they drafted them um, to, to improve, you know, to every, you know how it is. You, you draft a kid like that; it's not going to be perfect. And everybody's not going to be, you know, Justin Herbert walk in and, and light the league on fire. Even Peyton Manning through 28 interceptions his rookie season. Right. Um, you're going to want to see the positive steps. Does he continue to make the same mistakes over and over? Does he have the right mentality in the meeting room? Is he the leader we thought he was? Is he tough? Is he gritty? You, you, you talked to Mac Jones, and all I heard leaning in that draft was, you know, that extra bit of, um, you know, chippiness and leadership and Mac Jones talking trash with Nick Saban when he's running the scout team and things like that. So, you know, there's this whole other side of, um, the mental element of a quarterback and, and how he fits inside your culture that you have to evaluate as well. Well, the Dolphins have to make that decision about Tua. Now that said, it looks like he has done up until this point, everything that they would ask, but I will say this too. Um, you know, this is something I've said before, but I'll reiterate it. You know, when the season started last year, most Rams fans wouldn't have believed that Jared Goff wouldn't be a Ram, you know, come the middle of the off season. You know, I think 49ers fans had questions about Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know, I don't think there was any clarity that hey, you know, they're going to draft a kid with the third pick, and Jimmy's days are going to be numbered. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, there was no thought process at the beginning of last season that Carson Wentz wasn't going to, you know, work back into what they thought he could be—that MVP level player years ago. All these things, things change and evaluations change. And I think um, if anything, if Sean McVay has shown us anything, if Kyle Shanahan's shown us anything, David Tepper pulling the plug on Teddy so quickly, Teddy Bridgewater has shown us anything. There is a mentality in the NFL right now amongst some aggressive decision makers that do I feel like this is a quarterback I can win a Super Bowl with? And, and if <laughs> it's either a question mark or a no, what are we doing here? And I think from a talent standpoint, again, if Brian Flores is looking at Deshaun Watson saying it's a yes. It's definitely a yes. Um, am I going to have an opportunity You know, to go out and get a kid like this again. And oh, by the way, he, you know, he has an extension that as these other quarterback deals roll in, it's looking better every single year. And it's going to look a lot better when Justin Herbert signs his extension and the era of, you know, quarterback salaries are rolling into. So there are, you know, there are other things to measure. And it doesn't necessarily mean two is a bad player. But have we forgotten what our opinion was of Deshaun Watson in January, you know, in February?
0: So just. So just just to reiterate, repeat, Texans in your estimation have not in any of these trades that with Carolina knocking on the door and the Eagles knocking on the door and anybody else uninterested in taking the other team's quarterback back in the trade. Not at all. Just want draft picks. Not
1: at I've been told no, that it's a no, that they want to move forward. You know they draft a quarterback in the third round, yeah. um, Davis
0: Mills. You know they, that's what it is. where they just use all these for, uh, the, the the capital that they're getting from other teams to go, uh, you know, make sure they get Spencer Rattler or whatever the hell they want. Like that's that's their potential mindset in Houston.
1: I think. Well, I think part of it's the evaluation of other quarterbacks too. You know, how did they feel about these other quarterbacks? I mean, it's you know that plays into it as well. And you know, it's they're also in the midst of. As you said, whatever the compensation would be, let's say it's three first-round picks and two second-round picks. That's compensation to reposition yourself in the draft. If you see the quarterback you like, as we saw this last off-season, mm-hmm. quarterbacks now migrate in the NFL. Quarterbacks that we wouldn't expect, and you know, some maybe Nick Casario is sitting here. And again, this this particular point I'm about to make is speculation. Maybe maybe Nick, Nick Casario says, "I can build out a strong roster," and who knows, Aaron Rodgers. You know, it looks like Aaron Rodgers may may be someone that could enter the trade market, you know, come the offseason, depending on what happens in Green Bay with a setup there. Um, you know, the, the Saints have a starting quarterback in Jameis Winston that, you know, it you can resolve your, your quarterback situation without necessarily having to, you know, include a guy in the deal now. And I know naturally it would make sense to me. And I, I thought all along it would make sense, particularly once Miami surfaced. In January, February, oh well, two would be a part of a package to come back, but that has not been what I've been told when I've had conversations with people inside Houston. That no, it would be picks. We want a package of picks, and if and if it's not with picks and players, I think they were, would be looking for like starting caliber defensive players on top of picks.
0: So last one for you on this, Charles Robinson. So if the Texans are sitting here saying no, no protection on picks, and every team's saying we want protection on picks. Um, is there is there any clarity maybe behind the scenes where the Dolphins, knowing this sort of stuff, could get out and they don't mind having a tire kick on Deshaun Watson no, with, with Tua getting set to start the season and everybody else with Carolina and Sam Darnold and Philadelphia having with Jalen Hurts that they, they don't mind potentially? you know Obviously, they do deep down, but knowing that it's worth taking the risk. Is there any clarity on Deshaun Watson's criminal, civil liability investigation situation at all r- that we might not know that you're hearing about, Charles?
1: Well, it, in terms of the, the one bit of clarity I can say is that I, I do think, and, and Deshaun Watson's attorney, Rusty has said this publicly a few times, that the NFL's investigation is sort of in limbo. Because there's an element of when the NFL, you know, when Lisa Friel and the NFL, they do these investigations – there's always sort of what I refer to as a grand finale interview. And the way that that usually happens is they collect every bit of evidence or, you know, interviews, whatever information they think is germane to their investigation. And then at the end, they come in and they do the the final sort of pivotal interview with the player. And that has not happened with Deshaun Watson. And from what Rusty Harden has indicated at least twice publicly, the reason why the NFL has not done that, and what they have indicated to him, is that you know they don't want to step on the, the fact that there's you know uh, parallel criminal investigations that are going on. They don't want to step into someone else's world and somehow taint you know by by sharing information or asking certain questions um, the the investigation that's going on criminally. So they they're in limbo. They're they're essentially waiting for those to wrap up. The grand jury investigation. The, the subpoenas have gone out. You know. Um, it's in a process of gathering information. We don't know whether or not because of a ninety. Every grand jury rotates in Texas every ninety days, so we don't. We're not told sort of where the current grand jury is in, the, in terms of that ninety days. If they're on the eighty-fifth day, right. chances are information is not going to be presented to this grand jury on the eighty-fifth day. They'll wait until the next rotation starts. So he may not even really, mm. in terms of the investigation, what a grand jury hears about this, It might not even start for a period of two days two weeks a month and a half i mean that's there's no clarity and they don't tell that's it's all sealed that's none of this is public and i to me the fbi both lawyers involved so we don't know what the FBI is doing. they've asked questions they're not telling us anything they're not tipping us off to anything other than the questions they ask we have no clue mm. the depth of it you know how how long it will take or if there's ever anything that's going to happen I, I think Rusty Arden probably put it best when at one point he said like It could just, and we don't even know. They never tell us. They're not going to tip us off to it. So, um, and I think the Houston Police Department is really that the the alleged victims who have spoken to the Houston Police Department. That's all going to be tied into the Harris County Prosecutor's Office. So, from a criminal aspect of it, it could be months and months. You know, and and again, the fact that the NFL did not choose to put him on the exempt list is a fairly clear indication that NFL says what we have now in front of us. It does not rise to the level of us making that decision, and that's where we
0: stand. So then he's going to be on the 53-man and what, like a th- uh, 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 the third quarterback inactive, not dressed, just tell him to go yeah. home, pay him, until that's how Deshaun Watson's 2021 season's going to be played out. Yeah, I mean, it-
1: that's what yeah, what's we've seen in the preseason, which is he's going to be a member of of the team, he's on the roster, but he's separate from the roster. He's not going to be someone who's going to be active on game days. And wow, um, you know they'll carry him now. Now here's here's something that's important. You could drum up, say, an injury like he, okay, he's had you know trainers work on him. He sat out practice a few times. What he has said is a lower body injury. The Texans, to be frank here, don't fully believe that's true. They feel like he's sort of said some of these things to keep himself off the field and away from the cameras. Um, but if you leaned into that. You can say, you oh, know what, we're putting him on injured reserve. He's got a calf pull. He's got whatever, soft tissue injury. So he goes on injured reserve three weeks in, you know, into being on injured reserve. Then basically you can resume the potential of trading him. Keeping him on the 53-man roster past 4 o'clock today means you continue to have the avenue to trade him at any moment, any minute between now and, you know, the trade deadline. So – Keeping him on the fifty-three man roster is a there's a tactical element that makes sense here. If there is a chance he could be traded, three days from now, you know, two weeks from now, but doing the injured reserve route, that's going to put him, you know, in limbo for at least a a three week period where you're not going to be able to deal him.
0: All right, and then the I I keep having questions. This will be my last one because I was going to ask you about other stuff in the NFL. So what was the Dolphins' plan? Get him, get 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 him in. Have have you know protection in terms of the draft choices. And then start him like week one, show up in New England with all these questions and stick him out there in front of the media and the possibility of of everything that that's going on with him dropping in their lap in the middle of the season. It's Jacoby Brissett time, like literally. And then they'll just weather all those storms. And and then eventually, you know, in 2022, 2023, no one will remember how crazy 2021 was. And they've got Deshaun Watson at a at a highly affordable rate. That's literally what their plan was. It?
1: Well, the answer—I mean, there's actually the question. At least in the immediacy, I think the questions even go deeper than that. Because remember, this is a guy who's—he's not practiced, at least you know, not in the in the typical sense of how a quarterback practices in the preseason. So it's not like he's been out there throwing balls. He hasn't played right. in preseason games. He hasn't taken part in joint practices. So there's the fitness level. Like, is he ready? Would he be, even be ready to step out and start throwing a ball immediately? If if he wasn't and Tua is still on your roster, that means Tua starts the season as a starter, and then all of a sudden you switch to Deshaun Watson when he's ready. Wow. doesn't seem, you know, that like, yeah. That to me seems, like, trust me, the timing of this. Like, I get it. People, it's not like I ignore the question. Like, people ask great <laughs> questions. <laughs> but it's not like I don't have those questions, too. Right. Um, I know. And then, but, uh, again, we don't know. I don't know personally what work behind the scenes the Texans, or excuse me, the, the Dolphins have done in terms of, Speaking to the league office, speaking to Roger Goodell, sure. doing their own work on what you know the allegations are, how this could run its course criminally, and then also the league investigation. And, you know, every general manager who I spoke to who's involved in this has spoken to Rusty Harden. And I can tell you this, Rusty Harden, that's Sean Watson's attorney, has maintained from day one with, like, unequivocally, the guy's innocent, I'm going to show you he's innocent, we're going to go to court and show you he's innocent. They want to settle, and we are demanding that if we do settle, there's no NDA, so we can talk about how all this went, the money, everything. We want everything transparent. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, so if, if he's saying that and the Dolphins are doing their own brand of work, how do we know what the Dolphins have found? I mean, what what if Brian Flores says, I know the kid. you know, I know the kid. I know the kid's background. We've done work on him, all these different things. Maybe I believe that he hasn't had his day to, to – Talk about what's happened, the allegations, and let this whole thing unfold. Maybe, people, maybe there's a feeling internally there that people could feel differently about this six months from now than they do today. You know, once things start to sort of unfold, either in front of a grand here, this could change dramatically. People really need to understand this. If this goes before a grand jury, okay, mm-hmm. if a grand jury sits here and says we're not indicting, you know, we're going to do an, w- what's called a no bill, which is there's no there's, he doesn't need we don't have any charges for him to plead to. Um, to be indicted would mean he instantly would have to plead to whatever charges the grand jury comes up with. If the grand jury comes back and says, we have a no-bill determination, that means we have nothing for you to, to to plead to. There are no charges here that we we are advancing for you to plead to. At that point, that changes significantly because now you have a grand jury that has sat, weighed the evidence, heard, if they chose to, heard interviews right. from the alleged you know victims in this situation and said, we got nothing for you. That's, that is a significant, a titanic moment in, in the legal process, and I think it would very much change the narrative for NFL teams when it comes to the, the reticence to take a look at him in terms of a trade.
0: Charles, thanks for the call. I got a jet. I had too many questions, probably more than, than my uh, radio clock would allow. Thanks for the call. We'll chat soon. Absolutely. Be you bet. safe. You bet. Same to That's Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. My gosh. So much to unwrap. Phone calls when we come back. 844 204 Rich. Number to start with Bobby Boucher, and we'll put our own uh, Rich Eisen Show draft propo- profile up.
3: Boucher primarily lines up as an off-the-ball linebacker. However, they will use him off the edge in some obvious passing situations. Against the run, he's very aggressive to fill and attack blockers. Doesn't use his hands to shed, preferring to simply lower his shoulder and power through blocks. <laughs> Has the range to make plays sideline to sideline. He's an outstanding blitzer, showing timing, burst, and a violent finish. Yep. He will need to abandon the drop kick at the next level. Uh, I don't <laughs> see him being the primary signal caller or communicator, but his play instincts are are exceptional. Overall, Boucher plays a lot bigger than his size, should be an immediate impact player on day one. Wow. wow.
0: interesting. Moving on to Johnny Utah, uh, quarterback of yep. the Ohio State University.
3: Utah's a wild card in this draft, doesn't have a lot of film. H- has average athleticism and an awkward three-quarter left-handed delivery. His best traits are his toughness and competitiveness. Yep. Never gives up on a play. He'll fight for every yard as a runner. He's a little too high on the board for me right now okay he's got to go down it's got to be that way uh, i would consider hiring after his playing days are over He okay. could have a long career associated with the game either an outstanding coach a prominent scout or a special agent
0: okay next up uh willie
3: beeman quarterback university of houston sure. beeman a little bit of a late bloomer he's originally a seventh round pick bounced around to four different teams Uh, He's since settled in and emerged as a dangerous playmaker as both a passer and a runner. He's at his best when the play breaks down, using that athleticism to extend plays while keeping his eyes downfield. His immaturity is an issue, and I believe there is something to the rumors about his poor relationship with his star running back. Uh, I think it's important for his coaches to understand how to best use his skill set. The lack of RPOs is a major mistake. Uh, he'll excel in the right system and should emerge as the best player in the league. He's my number one player. Wow.
0: wow. Last one. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm partial. One of the greatest kick returners I've ever seen from uh, uh, Alabama, yeah. Forrest Gump. Gump is a
3: dynamic kick returner for the Crimson Tide. He's made an impact in plays in every game that I've studied. Uh, he's the definition of straight line fast. Lacks elusiveness and makes missability, but it doesn't seem to matter. He gets up to top speed immediately and destroys pursuit angles. i like to see him involved in the offense because I believe his speed would play well on jet sweeps, reverses, and vertical takeoff routes. Uh, The trainers told me that he's had some durability issues as a young kid, but they haven't had any issues at Alabama. The head coach worries about his ability to learn and grasp concepts and even Actually, referred to him as a stupid SOB when he was talking to me. Uh, right. I wouldn't be ping ponging him back and forth between positions. Uh, he'll be a good soldier, provided you surround him with a good lieutenant, and I'd be shot in the butt to draft
0: this <laughs> kid. Wow, Daniel, Jeremiah. Well, John, this done. is why we called you. 844 204 Rich, number to dial, youtube.com slash rich eyes show for our full archive. 844-204-RICH, give us a call. Still, just, I can't believe, out of everything that Charles Robinson just said to us, that the Texans didn't want anybody else's quarterback back. What would the Carolina Panthers have done? We just traded for Sam Donnelly, picked up his uh, his option for next year, and guess what, uh, everybody? You know, that's uh, Deshaun Watson. And Sam, you're backing up. I guess, just, uh, tough, tough world in the NFL, man. Tua, you're starting. Potentially week one. And so you, Sam, against the Jets, but then you're sitting. Jalen Hurts, it would just be again. This happened again. Right on the outset of the season with all of these question marks, I honestly, it's just such a risk-averse league that the, the, the risk that you take. And I, I, I want to believe Deshaun Watson in the worst way. Rusty Harden's like, it's, it, he's innocent. The reason why this is all happening right now, we could have settled, but we're demanding an, uh, uh, the, there be no nondisclosure. We want to talk about everything, and they won't do that. So Deshaun would rather sit out, be a healthy scratch for the Houston Texans and collect his money. That's what he would rather do in 2021 than than sign an NDA and make this all go away. And you're sitting in there, and you're going to convince the owner of your team this is a wor- risk worth taking. We're going to make the call. Okay, make the call. But, you know, I want protection. I want to make sure that we don't have to give up a lot. And then the Texans are like, yeah, we're not doing that. I would hang up the phone. I'd be like, what? What do you mean no protection? I mean, we've done all our due diligence and all of that stuff, but we're bringing Deshaun Watson into our town, and we don't know. Really? You still want a three and two, two twos? Two salud. Out. Hang up the phone. I, honestly, and and w- there's something about Tua where nobody is in full belief other than maybe him, right? I mean, all things being equal, I absolutely think- I'd take Deshaun Watson over Tua tungo Viloa in year two. Done. All things are not equal. All things are not equal. I know Justin Herbert killed it, but we're going to ditch to on, we're going to ditch out of Tua for Deshaun Watson for regardless of what's being played out. It's going to hang over the entire 21 season and then maybe the 22 season too. It's talking about grand juries and, and investigations taking months. This is like a two-year sort of Damocles. Look it up. <laughs> Jeez. It really is. Hanging over by a threat over the entire football operation. You're ready to do that because you think he's that much better of a quarterback. He is. But you're ready to continue on with this? I don't know why I'm so, I'm so incredulous. Hey, let's play Tua and see what 21 looks like. Deshaun Watts is not going anywhere. What are you afraid he's going to wind up in Philadelphia? If that's the case, then maybe Aaron Rodgers is your play in 22. I'd rather that be the play. No state taxes, Aaron. Lots of green, lots of uh, golf courses down here, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, Jeff Howe uh, from the Athletic on what did what did go down with Cam and the Patriots today? That's hour one in the books. Everybody who's on hold, stay on hold. Please do that because I, I still just cannot get past how we're kicking tires on Deshaun Watson with all these question marks two weeks before the beginning of a playing season. All right, Carolina's they're in on Sam Darnold. They're going to go get him. They didn't give up that much for him, but they're going to go get him. Right? Right? Did I miss that they did pick up his fifth year option, right? Will you look that Sam? up? Sam? Yeah, yeah, I'm for sure they did. They mentioned it, but they then, for sure did. then they, they absolutely did. And then we're we're gonna check on Deshaun. I guess checking on them just to hear, you know. They actually picked it up the day of the draft, uh 18.9 sure, for okay. 2022. Sometimes you have to question your own mind your own memory because it's just mind boggling. On the hook for next year, and then they'd have to trade him. Who's to who, who, Honestly, what are the Texans thinking? We don't want Darnold. We don't want Hurts. We don't want 2 They're the biggest dumpster fire in sports right now, right? I I don't know. Casario, as you heard from Charles Robinson, build up the best roster you possibly can and maybe attract a big fish. You mentioned Rodgers. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is putting his future in the Texans hands not a shot on this planet earth you know how I always think that this is going to play out that's going to be a great season and the Packers will just be insane and then he's just going to leave (laughs) to go to the well he can't just leave he can't just leave he can't just leave right right he can't just leave this is not like Brady who negotiated his you can't franchise me and I get to leave Rodgers just negotiated the. We'll revisit, and you're promising to trade me if things don't work out, or I don't. I want to go, or something like that. Right. Jordan Love couldn't even make it through the preseason healthy. Okay, so there's a little glimpse into the future, potentially. Right. So I think Rodgers is going to eventually stay put. How does that sound? But this whole thing, wow. what a wild scenario involving one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. And prior to everything coming out, one of the freshest, most likable franchise faces to bank on in the NFL. Looks like Deshaun Watson's going to be a healthy scratch for 2021. Hour two coming up.